Pretend you were on a deserted island. If you could, what three things would you bring along with you? No, you cannot say a boat or a long-distance communication device of some kind. So you were going to spend the rest of your life on this deserted island. What are some things you bring? Shout it out. Largest blanket you can find. All right, I like it. Ties in with, with these blankets later. Yeah. Water. All right, yeah. Anything else? Or are you just content to go to this island with nothing? Yeah. Chicken. All right. All good answers. A flint, yeah. Yeah, start fire. The first three things that I thought of were uh, a picture book, a family picture book, a large blade of some kind figure, you need that life on the island, and a Bible. How, shame on you guys. Nobody said Bible. <sighs> Pastor, we're going to have to talk with these people later. <laughs> uh, regardless of what you choose, it is an interesting situation when you look at things from the perspective of finality, right? If you're going to ultimately die on this island— what things are most important to you. Thinking of the end, uh, thinking about death, puts things into perspective and makes things clearer. Today we're going to be continuing our sermon series, Stories of Sinful Saints, with St. Lawrence. Now I'm going to do something that is a bit risky. Okay, I I'm going to kind of put my life in your hands. I'm going to talk about the state up north. Nobody's thrown anything yet, so I think I'm in the clear. No, I, I want to just, uh, well, first of all, by the way, Michigan is a lovely state. And for those of you who are taking sermon notes, it's in the sermon notes, so you have to write it. Okay. So for those of you uh, who uh, maybe are not the biggest fans of Michigan. I hope I've not lost you for the rest of the sermon. Uh, but the reason I, I bring this up is because I think that some of you may have a familiarity with our saint for today, a, a connection, and may not even realize it. How many of you like Christmas, no matter what time of the year it is? How many of you like fried chicken? All-you-can-eat family style. Yeah, maybe you know where I'm going with this. Yeah, Frankenmuth. These are trademarks of Frankenmuth, Michigan. Obviously, we've got Bronner's, the largest Christmas store in the world, open 364 days a year. What's the one day it's not open? Christmas. Yeah. And then we've got Zender's family-style restaurant with that delicious fried chicken. And then there's also a, a big LCMS church up there you may have heard of as St. Lawrence or you may have heard of as St. Lorenz. Either way, it's the same church, and it's named after our saint for today, St. Lawrence. Lawrence was believed to have been born in the early 3rd century uh, in Spain. And he was a, a deacon in the church, so he had some spiritual oversight, but also his, his main tasks were uh, dealing with the finances of the church and giving uh, alms to the poor, for example. Now, during this time, uh, the Roman Empire, the Roman Emperor, Valerian, put policies into place against Christianity. In 257 AD, 
uh, he demanded that Christian clergy make sacrifices to Roman gods, otherwise they would face banishment. In the next year, 258 AD, he expanded the scope of who it applied to and the severity. So in addition to Christian clergy, anyone who would not denounce their Christian faith would either be faced with being put into slavery or execution. So the stakes were about as high as they could be for Christians at this time. On top of that, for those who were put into slavery or those who were executed, all of their treasures were given over to the Roman, uh, to the empire's estate. And in the case of clergy, all of the church's possessions, all of the church's treasure was also given over to Rome. Now, during this time, Pope Sixtus II, try saying that more than once, and you're going to not like it. Uh, he was the Bishop of Rome, and he was also a, a close friend and even kind of like a, fa a spiritual father figure to Lawrence. And he was taken into custody, and he was killed. And knowing that the, the treasure, or knowing that the bishop was the one who was in charge of the church's treasures, they came to Lawrence and they gave him three days to gather all of the church's treasure. Lawrence spent those three days giving all of the church's material treasure to the poor, to the sick, to the disabled. And after three days, he was gathered to bring the church's treasure, and he said, and he brought the people with, and he said, these are the treasures of the church. Now for Lawrence, and maybe he even thought about it, it was entirely possible that if he would just have obliged, if he had done what he was told to do, maybe he would have escaped with his life. But he didn't fear losing his life. He continued to do what he had done all along. As a deacon, he continued to cling to his faith and he continued to care for those in need. And it cost Lawrence dearly. His words obviously upset the, the prefect, the, the person who had come to gather the treasures, and the prefect ordered a gridiron be well heated and Lawrence to be put over the fire. Amidst his agonizingly slow death, he cheerfully exclaimed, you can turn me over. I'm done on this side. Even knowing what it would cost him, Lawrence did not back down from, uh, from professing and clinging to the faith that he had in Jesus, from clinging to the truth of God's word. He knew that his defiance, that his faith would cost him, but it didn't change his course of action. When the end of Lawrence's life was close, the things that were most important to him became most clear. He refused to denounce his faith in Jesus. He refused to stop caring for those who were in need. And through his two uh, kind of one-liners, both about the people being the treasures of the church and also about, you can turn me over, I'm done on this side, they kind of highlight the attitude that Lawrence had, truth about Lawrence. In a way, he kind of was laughing at death. Like, go ahead, do your worst, death. 
I know what comes next. You don't get the last laugh. In Christ, I do. In fact, Luther was known for kind of laughing at death as well. It's what is known as gallows humor. Knowing that death is near, yet knowing what comes next. Being able to find humor, even facing death. And as Christians, we can certainly laugh even if we are facing death. Now, is death bad? Absolutely it is. Death was never intended to be part of God's creation. God created life. Jesus came to bring life and so that we can have life to the fullest. Death is the opposite of life. It is the opposite of what God wants. And so that's why when somebody dies, we can't wrap our minds around it because we're not supposed to. Death is our enemy. But thank Jesus that he has defeated our worst enemy. We too can laugh at death when it is staring us down because death doesn't win. I'm not saying that as Christians, if we don't laugh at death, that we're bad Christians. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying that as Christians, we can have that attitude because death has been defeated. Even the worst things that life can throw at us doesn't change that. Even being slowly tortured to death can't change that. For Lawrence, his slow, excruciating death was but a moment compared to the eternal joy that he experienced after. With the end in mind, with death in mind, it makes things clearer. You know, it's like when everything, uh, when we get towards the end, it's like everything that doesn't matter is kind of removed, and the things that matter most are, are what remains. It's like when thinking about if you were to be on a deserted island, there are a lot of things that are important. If I were going to be there, I'd want, you know, comfy clothes. I think I heard Raising Cane's Chicken. I'd love that. Uh, I'd want to have a grill. You know, all these things are important, but they're not what's most important. What's most important remains clear. But the thing is, for us as Christians, we don't have to get close to our death to realize what's most important. It's not the closeness to our death that matters. It's the closeness to Jesus' death. Jesus' death gives our life its meaning. We find our meaning in the one who, when he faced his own torturous, agonizing death, was thinking about nothing else other than you and me. As is written in Hebrews 12, let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame. That mindset that Jesus had is, uh, you know, Jesus who endured the humiliating, torturous cross that was, not, uh, that was meant for some low-life criminals. It wasn't meant for the Son of God wasn't meant for the Savior of the world. But he endured it, thinking about winning us, his treasure, back. And so while I think that there is an aspect of the closer we get to our death, the, the more things are put into perspective, 
we don't need to wait to face our death to know what's truly most important. And I think how we might put it into word or action might be a little bit different from Lawrence. But ultimately, it's, it's the same things. It's the salvation won by Jesus. The, what Lawrence clung to giving his life for. And it's showing that love and, and care of Jesus to others. We cling to our faith even, in, even if we were to face death. Now, I don't think, and I, I pray that this is not the case, I don't think any of us are going to be in a situation like Lawrence and the church were back then, where we are, you know, uh, going to risk our lives by con uh, confessing and clinging to our faith. But if confessing our faith costs us our life, our response as Christians should be, so be it. If we live, we live to further the gospel. And if we die, hey, we get to be with Jesus. It's like from our reading from Daniel. Hey, if God saves us, great. If not, oh well. It's like Paul says in Philippians. Either way, in life or death, it is a win-win for the child of God. We laugh in the face of death. Not because death doesn't hurt. It does. But because death has been defeated by Jesus. We don't need to be on a deserted island to know what's most important. We don't need to be close to our death either. But we do remain close to the death of Jesus. Jesus' death gives us life. My prayer is that we would be emboldened by the example of Lawrence. That we would hold true to what's the most important salvation that Jesus has won for us that cannot be taken away no matter what life brings. No matter what you face. Even if you are hated by the world on account of your faith. Even if you lose family or friends on account of your faith. Even if you face a torturous, brutal death. In Christ, you win. May you take that blessed assurance with all boldness, both in life and in death. Amen. Lord Jesus, we thank you for your death that brings us life. We thank you that no matter what the world brings, we have won because of your victory on the cross. Help that perspective, that eternal perspective to shape our present reality. Help us to live with all boldness, to cling to your word and your promises, and to share your love with those around us. We ask this in the name of Jesus. Amen.